It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to the final podcast in the month of May. Uh, Laura Perino and Debbie Kiever here. We are finishing up identity theft. We have spent the whole week, Laura, on challenging the thoughts about where are we finding our our identity and our purpose. And it has been quite a great month. I'm sure the listeners can probably quote our favorite verse at this point because <laughs> I sure. we bring it up every week, but it yes. is coming out one more time. Ephesians 1, 11, and 12 from the message, it says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working out in everything and everyone. Laura, you and I are created with this deep, deep deep-seated need to understand who we are and what our purpose is. And and that's not a weakness. It's actually crafted in us so that we would go right to our creator and ask him the question, you know, who am I? And what what have we, why have you made me? What's the reason that I breathe? Well, this month has been a full month of taking a look at a number of topics. One of the weeks that we looked at was the challenge that many of us have where we are looking at our past and allowing the person that we were before Christ or experiences, choices we've made to define who we are. We've also taken a look at how we have looked for our identity or our purpose through what we're good at. You know, I'm really good at this um, particular talent. That must be who I am. Or maybe we look at what we're weak in and that also we use that as a framework for saying, well, apparently I'm not this because I'm weak in this area. We also are challenged because when we figure out why am I breathing, we just tend to go to the things that we're strong in as opposed to what is God's purpose for me, regardless of my strengths or my weaknesses. And I think one of my favorite podcasts, Laura, was when we brought Tammy Holland in and she really educated us about the challenge of figuring out your identity when you have come out of that dark world of human trafficking for both men and women. That's the ministry she's involved in as a counselor. And that has been such an eye-opening experience. That's exactly what I was thinking when you were just sharing that, Debbie. My eyes were open to so many truths, and it really does go right back down to the to the thoughts about identity and purpose uh, that we have in this life. But all of these things lead us up to where we are today. And as we wrap up this month's discussion on identity and purpose, we're going to talk about one more struggle, one more source that we have or a place where we find ourselves looking to figure out who we are and why we exist You know, you just ran through the whole list of things that we've focused on already, but the final one is the opinions of three powerful influencers in our lives. And that's our families, our peers, and our culture. Now, did you catch that word, Debbie? The uh, the last thing we're going to talk about that really we search for purpose and identity in is things that influence us. They are influencers. I can't help but uh, say that word, read that word, hear that word, and not think about social media right now. Oh, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. And in the world of Instagram 
Everything is about being an influencer. We see people uh, wanting more followers because they want to become influencers. I was on vacation one time and uh, I, I noticed this woman who was uh, in the restaurant with me and she, you know, you just see these women and, and they, they have it all together. She had on the clothes, the outfit, the shoes, the purse, the makeup, the hair. It was all there. And, you know, I just came off the beach. I was not all there. But this woman just had it all together even when she just came off the beach. And I noticed when I was going through Instagram and I was looking at the hotel that we stayed at that all of the pictures in the hotel's news feed that week were of this woman. And I, I, I tagged on that, um, I looked at who was tagged on that picture and I noticed that the woman was tagged. And when I went to see who she was, she was from Brazil and she had 30 million followers. Oh my gosh. And when you look at, you know what, you have a bio in the top of your Instagram page there and her job description or the way that she described herself had one word influencer is that like a, is that a title of a job though really? i i think it's a thing people attain to be right what does your mom do she influences. <laughs> well and you do hear people say yes. that i mean honestly people are influencers other companies or companies come and fund people so that they will influence others to purchase their product and so here was this woman i didn't know who she was but 30 million people do what she says to do believe what she says want wow. to be like she is and it was just shocking to me that here i didn't even know influencer was a job at that time i had to ask my husband what does it mean to be an influencer and he was like you are so not there but here <laughs> there are people out there that their whole purpose is to influence other people around them either and this is kind of cool because it goes together with the dictionary definition of to influence either by directly or indirectly or intangibly alter or affect what somebody believes or wants to do or wants to be so when we talk about these three powerful influencers similar to an influencer on instagram our families our peers the people around us and you know culture you know, wants to come in and affect us or alter us indirectly or intangibly. And that even just saying that opens up my eyes in a different way to so many things that I see around me wanting to make sure that I don't allow those things to intangibly or indirectly alter or affect me. All these things are trying to pull pull you from place A and over to place B, changing whether it's something that you believe or something that your convictions are settled into for the way you should be living, uh, spending your money, spending your time, how you use your body. Uh, you know, just it's anything that tries to pull you away. And I, Laura, I don't know about in Tennessee. I know you just had some serious rain down there, but we are, we've been going through, it seems like every third day, um, wind gusts that are super high. Gale force winds is always somewhere mm -hmm. in our week. And I'm laughing because we have this deck that our cushions keep blowing off the deck into the backyard. We need to like anchor them down. Our deck furniture gets blown around and it's rather heavy. And so we are 
doing what we can to keep these influences of the wind from blowing our equipment around. But I also have two small eight pound dogs and I was walking with the other day and this huge wind gust came and like blew both of them sideways up off the street into the grass. And I, I thought that was rather comical. But how often does that happen for us where we don't realize how ungrounded we are? until an influencer comes Mm. and out of the blue we're like way off course and we go how in the world did i come over here and just abandon convictions or abandon what i've always believed to be true about myself it just takes one really good gust of an influencer through somebody whose opinion means a lot to you or maybe a review that you get at work or that you know, that family member that just knows your weak spots and knows how to say the right thing at the right time. And it's like pulls the rug out from underneath of you. And that that is really dangerous. And I, that's what I'm seeing the enemy likes to do is to work through these sudden, you know, it could be a sudden influence, like a sudden wind, or it could be that steady wind that you just wear down after time and you find yourself off course of how did I used to feel so strong about my convictions about what God had said about me and now I don't care as much. Now I'm listening to a person as opposed to God. Well, I love the fact that you just said that you had to anchor your furniture down because really all month long we've stressed the importance of returning to right the anchor for our identity, returning to the word of God as our primary source for our identity and our purpose. It's all it all goes back to our creator's opinion. And we talked about the fact that the only one that can define us and the only one that can decide our purpose is the one who created us. You know, he carefully crafted everything about us for our unique calling. But just like, you know, in in weather, whether it's rain or wind, whatever it might be, you could not, you could anchor your cushions down, but you couldn't stop the winds from blowing. Yep. You know, just like in life, uh, we can't stop the winds from blowing and in different directions and with different forces. We can't stop others from exerting pressure on us either. Uh, We just all we have to do, honestly, is open up the computer or walk out the door or honestly go into a restaurant, whatever it might be. And people, individuals are going to have their opinions or their own experiences that they are going to try to put on us in order to, let's go back to influence, right, intangibly uh, alter or affect indirectly our, our thoughts or our patterns, whatever it might be. People always feel the need to tell us what we think or they think, I'm sorry, people always feel the need that they need to share their opinion with us on what they think. And people's pride is driven to try to exert their influence over you. There's something about when you are going a certain direction and, you know, it it is a prideful thing, but when you can get someone to sway into that same direction, I don't know, maybe there's a a source or a sense of power in that too. It kind of makes you feel better about yourself. So when these things are happening, all incorrect things, you know, we can't change those dynamics but we can make sure that we are anchored down, bearing down and holding tight to the truth. Well, that's almost like a a step into the two things we're gonna focus on, holding on to the truth. The first part of this important process is you have to know what 
to hold on to. You have to know exactly what the word of God says about you. This is not something you are born with an understanding. You know, you're, you have the word of God. And, and when you are a believer, you have the spirit of God living in you who will lead you into all truth. We need to know what he says. It's not second nature. Our flesh wants to believe everything else. So we have to really put our due diligence in time in the word. I'm responsible for that time in the word to really understand what does he actually say about me and what is my purpose? You mentioned um, two podcasts ago about our purpose. The Every purpose of every believer falls in line with Matthew 28, that we are to make disciples of all nations, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every one of us has that as our number one goal, our number one purpose. And then he gives us these different tools, right? Different giftings or strengths or opportunities that we can use to accomplish that purpose. But every one of us has that as a key purpose. But when someone says, like, who are you? Like, can you tell me a little bit about who is Debbie Kiever? I used to say things like, I was Ward's wife, or I was a physical therapist, or, you know, like you start listing off things that you do, titles that you mm-hmm, had, education mm-hmm. that you had, and so now I'm still his wife, and I'm still a mother to Chip and Dan, but I'm no longer a PT, mm-hmm. right? I'm no longer on staff at a church, and so have I lost part of my identity? You know, mm-hmm. I need to be able to take, I need to be able to pull out scripture and say, this is who God has declared me to be. And I need to own that. I need to be responsible to study and learn. And the more I study and the more I embrace what the truth is, the less influence other people's opinions are going to have over me. It doesn't mean that they don't influence me. It means that I'm so anchored, like my feet are on solid footing, that the wind may try to blow me a little bit and be irritating, but it's not going to pull me off course. But I need to own studying to figure out what the word says about who I really am. Absolutely. And then really the second step is once you study and you know who you really are, the second important step is to upfront every day make a choice that you are going to prioritize what you know from his word and what you know to be the truth based on what he says in his word over other every other influencing voice. One of the things I love about the word of God, just thinking about that uh, definition of, of influence, is when we think about all these other voices speaking to us, these winds as a picture there, and going back to the definition, they say that it's indirect or intangible means of getting somebody to do something, right? The word of God is not indirect and it's not intangible, right? There are things in there. God speaks to us directly and says, this is the way you should go. An influencer that's trying to take you in the wrong way is going to just say, isn't this nice, right? And then you go that way. So taking uh, upfront, making that decision that every day you're going to believe the word of God, you are going to believe the direct truth that he says. I mean, we can go through the word and there are so many places that we can uh, have solid, grounded uh, things that we can hide in our hearts so that we will know as we make that our priority how we are to walk. You know, John eight thirty two says, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. 
the truth is going to be what sets you free. You can be who you are called to be when you follow the truth, not when you walk according to the, your perception of the truth. You know, when we see truth and then we try to change it up to be what we want it to be, A, it's no longer truth, but B, we're not going to live out who we were called to be. So how do we... Um, you know, make sure that all the thoughts that we have in our minds and the things in our hearts are lined up with the word of God. Second Corinthians 10, five tells us that we're to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. That means, and we've talked about this before with the helmet of salvation, we take our thoughts, we line them up with the word, and we make sure that what we are doing, saying, thinking, believing lines up with what God says. There are so many voices, Deb. We are hearing lots of voices, but we have to ask ourselves when we hear the voice, who is it, right? Is it his? We've talked about the decisions that we need to make, that we need to carefully challenge what we are hearing or feeling pressured by and align it with the word of God. And it's an upfront decision ahead of time that we know and we have already decided if that thought does not line up with the word of God, we will choose to believe God. It's very hard, Laura, when you have multiple voices speaking at once, whether it's an actual audible voice or the voices in your head to get them to be quiet. It's it's almost like my dogs are the kind that when the doorbell rings or they see someone walk in, it is difficult to have a conversation with somebody because oh. they're so yappy. Now, it doesn't last forever, thank God. But, I mean, it's really hard to greet somebody at the front door, welcome them into your home because you are shouting at your guest. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like when I'm when I have paid too much attention to all these different voices that are coming at me, I get so I almost get paralyzed like it's too mm. much to handle. How am I supposed to hear God in the midst of this? And Satan, he thrives on that. And he is like a rapid like a Nerf gun that just keeps shooting at you with lies because that's his language. His language is the language of lies. He cannot speak the truth. And what he does that makes it a little tricky is a lot of times when he speaks, he sugarcoats it. You know, he's got a lot of um a lot of truth in there and then a little bit of lie that, you know, sneaks in there. So it's hard to discern, is that really him or not? How do you quiet them down? Some people feel like you need to shout back at Satan. You need to um, out-shout him or out-muscle him to get his influence to go away. Well, really, what the Lord's given us, he's given us the truth, and you just have to out-truth him. Mm. You have to make whatever you will focus on and believe that is, that's where your power is going to mm. come from. The, the word of God is going to give you that power. The yep. spirit in you is going to sharpen your discernment, lead you into the truth. And you'll be able to figure out that this is Satan yapping at me. Yeah. And rather than try to fight him on my own strength, I just pull out the sword of the Lord, right? And the truth. And he has no choice but to back down and to shut up. And that has been like such a critical piece of learning how to discern his voice in the midst of all the pressure. Mm. Honestly, the more you pay attention to um, and put a high value on everybody's opinion, the louder they speak. Mm. And in your head, the louder the pressure is, the more you start your day putting the emphasis on, I want to hear your truth, Holy mm. Spirit. I mm -hmm. want to hear what what is 
um, coming right from the Word of God, you can pick up a lot faster during the day. Oh, well, that, that thought absolutely wasn't from in, coming from God. Mm. You know, the more you focus on the truth, it's like the bankers, right? They spend a lot of time handling really, like, real money so that when they touch counterfeit money, they just know. They mm-hmm. just know it's wrong. The more we spend time listening to his voice, the faster we'll be able to discern, oh, yeah, that voice, it sounds okay, but it's, something's off, you know, yep. and it's easier to discern that. Absolutely. And, you know, listening to the wrong voices, the wrong influencers, it's going to lead us off course. And what we find is these decisions to follow the wrong voice really are dangerous and costly. It doesn't feel like it in the beginning. It feels like a small thing. And yet we find out that, you know, the wages of sin is death. We are walking on the wrong way. We are going to lead ourselves to a place of destruction when we follow the wrong voice. Today, we're going to look at uh, the story of King Saul from 1 Samuel 15. If, if, you haven't heard this story before, or if you want to check it out in the Bible, um, there is nothing like going back and seeing these men and women from biblical history that God has allowed and has put specifically in his word so that we can learn from their stories. And there is quite a lesson here with King Saul. In 1 Samuel 15, just a real brief uh, recap, the prophet Samuel comes to King Saul with a word from the Lord, and he tells King Saul to attack the Amalekites an enemy nation and destroy everything, totally destroy everything that belongs to the Amalekites. Now let's, let's look at this. What did God say? God said, attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Now, really this attack on the Amalekites was a punishment uh, for what the Amalekites had done to Israel in a prior situation. But God told King Saul, when you attack them, spare nothing. Don't spare a life. Don't spare an animal. Don't spare anything that belongs to them. So King Saul, his army attacks the Amalekites. But instruction is given to spare the king of the Amalekites, right? King Saul, he knows what God said. But when he gives instruction to for his army to attack the Amalekites, he says, spare King Agag, the, the king of the Amalekites, and spare the best of the sheep and the cattle and fat calves and the lambs. Now, just look at God said, and then Saul did. You know, God said, destroy everything. But they, King Saul, made a choice that he was only going to destroy, destroy what was despised and what was weak. And he was going to make the decision on what didn't get destroyed. And he would keep only what he deemed good. King Saul heard the word of the Lord, did part of it, changed it up, and made his own decision on what should live and what should die. I think his first big mistake was he made an opinion himself. Yes. Like he influenced himself. My own opinion here is outranking God's instruction. And so, yeah, you're right. He He spared the king. He spared the best of the animals and the the riches and and but you know what did he actually think god would not see yeah right 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 right. and i think sometimes well our opinion clouds our um judgment you know we we started thinking that maybe god 
we can slip this by him. Mm. So God, of course, clues Samuel in. Look, this is what Saul has done. And I'm really regretting that I made. Mm. This is God saying this. I regret mm. having made Saul king. So Samuel goes out to meet with Saul. He finds out this just gets this just gets richer. Saul has gone to Mount Carmel and he set up a monument mm. in his own honor. Mm. It's like, so what part of the Ten Commandments are you forgetting right. there? And that he's at this point going back down to Gilgal. So Samuel approaches Saul, and Saul has the nerve to say that he had done everything that the Lord had commanded. But Samuel's going, excuse me, I hear sheep. Where yeah, are they? Exactly. Where are they coming from? <laughs> exactly right. So I mean, as the conversation continues, like you said, Saul says, like, I did what you told me to do. I carried out the Lord's instructions. And Samuel, just like you just said, he hears sheep. He's, he's going, no, there is disobedience. And he drives home the truth to Saul that there was disobedience involved. And when he calls out the disobedience and this is what we do, right? Saul tries to backpedal. And Saul tries to say, I mean, he just comes up with all the stuff. And we do this when we're not being anchored in the word of God. He tries to say that the soldiers were the ones who spared the animals so we could sacrifice to God. Like, God, this is really for you. You know, you might see it as disobedience, but really we just made a decision to do something more for you. So Saul continues to fumble with his excuses, but uh, it's just too late. Look at verse 24. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the men, and so I gave in to them. Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. Did you hear that, Laura? Did you hear what he said? I was afraid of the men, mm. so I gave in to them. Mm, mm, mm. Men's opinion. Like he li- King Saul liked being uh, a big focal point, mm. right? Like beloved, being esteemed as this, you know, like the hero guy. And when you put people's opinions as most important in your life, you're going to find yourself constantly Mm. compromising in order to please people. And you know, there's no way you can make everybody happy at one time. So you feel like you're juggling all these different Mm. people trying to make them happy. And that's what he did. He said, I gave in to them. Like I gave in to their opinion of me. I put a higher priority on listening to mankind than God. And that's where he got off track. Whoever you and I, give a high priority to in terms of I just want you to like me I want you to Mm. approve of me I am then handing them the keys right I'm handing them the keys of having the greatest influence in our lives and it it real if we are not anchored in the word man it will pull us off base maybe Mm. in our level of purity you know think about it when a guy is and gal are dating if a girl is starving for that guy's mm. affection and attention and he starts making some moves and she is finding everything of her value in his opinion she will cave on her mm-hmm. commitment to be pure because she wants him to like her the best mm. you know and and you start to pull away from what you know to be your priority because you've handed the keys to the person who's um opinion of you you're now saying you're most important to me absolutely and the cost is so great you know in that story that you were situation you were just sharing there the cost is great and for Saul King Saul the cost was great he lost God's blessing and anointing as the king 
just to think of how grave that was. Saul was the first king. He was anointed as king. And because of his disobedience and stepping away from the truth, he lost it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and, and in losing the blessing and the uh, anointing as king, the rest of his time on the throne was filled with angst. If you know his story, you know, as David comes into the palace, man, King Saul was filled with angst relationally and his family with his kids. Emotionally, he was tormented. Mentally, he was tormented. And spiritually, he was tormented. The cost for King Saul was was certainly great because he believed and decided to follow and was influenced by other people, was influenced by a lie. So if we're going to take all of King Saul's story and we're going to put it to our own hearts and we're going to take it home, you know, we can say just like King Saul was afraid of the opinions of men, the world that we live in right now is certainly full about of opinions, really about everything. I mean, there's there's nothing that somebody doesn't have an opinion about. And maybe what's a little bit different from when you and I were growing up or even the generation before us, um, you may have had an opinion, but it kept it to yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now it's like you have an opinion and you tell other people who you think they are and what you think they should be doing with their lives. I mean, we just have so many opinions spinning around us about who we are to be and what we are to do. And then there's the enemy who has his own opinions about us, and he will come at us uh, through our thought lives. Um, he will also come at us as as even influencing us through others in order to speak to us. There are so many ways. This is why we have to take everything and, and hold it up to the word of God. But we do have to remember the enemy is the father of lies. He can only speak lies. That's all he does. That's all he knows how to say, right? It's his native tongue. So when we hear something that clearly does not line up with the word of God, it is a lie and we need to highlight it like that. But he also does come to us sometimes as an angel of light, the Bible says. Most of what he says, it sounds okay, but then there's that, kind of like you were just talking about, there's that bit of untruth. And any bit of untruth makes the whole thing truth, right? It's all it's all gone. If something sounds a little bit off, it's off, and we need to walk away from it. That's why we need to challenge each thought and make sure that it is submitting to Christ. Laura, the final group that we'll just make mention of is our families and our peers who love to express uh, opinions about a lot of things. Now, let's just, for the record, let's just put it out there that we also tend to express a lot of opinions um, Mm -hmm. on other people. So this is not about, this is not a one-way street. We need to own our part in this too, of how much we're trying to influence somebody else. But I would say by and large, our families and our peers, our friend groups, they are expressing opinions out of a place of good intention. Like their goal is not to pull us away from what God wants. They really, they do mean best for us. It's just that you're dealing with a human whose perspective is still very limited. And they, a lot of times we're giving advice out of not knowing the full picture. And how many times if we had seen the whole picture, maybe we would have given our advice a little bit different. So for, you know, the pressure that's coming from families and peers uh, we still need to take what they're saying and thank them for their, you know, their input and be teachable, right? Be teachable, but step back and again, take it and align it to what the word of God says. And, you know, when it lines up well, then you can you know, step into their advice, but you just can't assume. That's you right. can't assume because they're, they're not perfect. Just like somebody can't take 
advice that we're giving on this podcast without challenging right. it with the word because that's we, absolutely right you no know, we don't know exactly what's going on in someone's cir- circumstances however there are probably in family and peers people who are going to say things that's coming from a place of jealousy or maybe they're anger angry about something or a little bit vengeful and you know that jealous streak can make somebody pretty ugly and so the things that they say, the the influence that they're trying to put pressure on you is not coming from a heart that genuinely cares about you. And so again, when you're hearing it, don't be uh, obnoxious about it, right? Just appreciate their input, step back and take it back to the Lord again and say, I need to really see, is this something that you approve of, God? Absolutely. And the, really, as we wrap up today, and um, think about the final piece here, Deb. We've talked about other people's opinions, and now really the the last voice that tries to influence us is culture and social media. And we all know that culture and social media has an ever-changing opinion. Aren't we grateful for the Word of God that never changes? We don't have to worry about God's opinion. It never changes. But as you even look back over the decades, I mean, Deb, we're both in our 50s. You know, we've lived through a couple of decades and we have seen uh, even more than fashion has changed. uh, Culture has changed its opinions. And honestly, it has moved further and further away from the standard of God's word. Social media, culture, what it is influencing us to do has been moving further and further away from the standard of God's word. We talk all the time about the fact that God's word is the plumb line, and we see culture and social media moving further and further away from that plumb line. The truth is that they are moving to just remove God's opinion completely, right? It's a slippery slope. Once you take one piece out, it just sets the stage for the rest of it. And so we see that the culture changes drastically in order to remove God's opinion completely from the way it influences us so that we can be completely without a plumb line. And when we're without a plumb line, we're going to falter and fall just like King Saul, right? It leaves us in a place of destruction. We don't want to be there. So again, we have to prioritize God's opinion and his word over all of the social media, over all of the culture, what we hear in our culture. And we have to prioritize God's word over the politically correct jargon that we hear uh, through social media, on the news, whatever it might be. God's opinion is what counts it is our plumb line it's our standard and that is what we need to be anchored in you know as we really do wrap up right now it is a reminder for all of us deb you me our listeners we need to anchor ourselves in the word of god as we stand against the influences that try to get us to embrace lies about our true identity and about our purpose you know, we've titled this whole series that this is now the, the big conclusion, right? We've titled it Identity Theft. Well, that's what the enemy wants to do, right? He wants to steal our identity. But what does God want to do? He wants to anchor our identity in his word. He wants us to know who we are. So honestly, I would really just challenge us all to go back to that first verse in Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. We can know who we are. We can know what our purpose is. We find it in Jesus Christ. As we wrap up today, as we wrap up this series, if you are listening today and you don't have your identity anchored in Jesus, in the truth of his word, 
If you're struggling to find your purpose and you haven't found it in Christ yet, you know, we would welcome the opportunity to hear from you, to send you uh, a, a, an email back, to provide you a list of maybe some resources or scriptures that you can go to in the Word of God, uh, Bible studies to get involved in on, online. Uh, Deb has one on a Facebook group, so do I. There are ways to get connected so you can be grounded in the truth of who you are and who God says uh, your, what God says your purpose is and who you are in Christ. So reach out to us. Our email address is beyondwomensconference at gmail.com. And we just love you guys. We want to be a, an army of believers who know who we are, who know our purpose, and we are seeing God's kingdom expand on this planet, right? Putting God's opinion in so that we um, really are standing together strong, grounded in the word. So for Debbie Kiever, uh, I'm Laura Pereno. Thanks for being with us in this series. Next week, it's June. We will see you then. And we can't wait uh, to share some time again with you. Thanks for being a part. God bless you and have a good one. It's been great, guys. Thanks for being with us. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more. 